If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello and welcome to the Full Court Press. A very happy Wednesday midway through the week for you all. It's a What Went Wrong Wednesday. That's right. So last week we asked you guys, because we have a segment for every day, right? Or at least a, uh, a title for every day. We have a What Went Wrong Wednesday. We have a, uh, well, I mean, what else do we have? We have uh, Tuesdays, the stat player. Uh, in fact, actually, we didn't even get to that yesterday. I'll have to do that today. Uh, Monday is our put a cap on it. We recap the whole entire weekend of sports. Thursdays are pick six. Fridays are five best. So here on a Wednesday, we're going to do what went wrong Wednesday, where we can look back to uh, games or players or moments over the past four or five days and say what went wrong and where it went wrong and how it went wrong. So that's going to be our segment from now on every Wednesday. What went wrong Wednesday? That's actually... I, I can't remember who came up with that. Was that 9-3? No, that only it was 9-3-1-5. I can't remember who came up with that. What went wrong Wednesday? But that's what we're doing. I love it. And I think it was a shot at me, but instead, I turned it around. Uh, I am semi-solo today. Uh, Eric Franson is still on the road. Uh, he was kind enough to leave late, and so he's not going to make it back of our show today. So here I am. So I like was sitting there thinking, I was like, man... I probably could pull off the show on my own. I'm really good at this job, but I don't really feel like it because I don't have the energy to do two hours. And so I asked a good friend of mine, and in comes to save the day. He doesn't wear a cape. He wears hoodies, and he's hot. His name's AJ Knight. He joins me here on the Full Court Press. AJ, how are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be in. I'm glad to know that even in quarantine, I uh, can still contribute. And good description on the hoodies thing. That is a, that is a factual. I know you way too well. That's what it means. It's true. <laughs> Plus, it just adds the confusion factor for maybe next what went wrong Wednesday when we mix up the names of AJ and AJ. Lord knows it happens in the building all the time. Oh, shoot. I totally forgot about that. Uh, AJ, uh, so it's the AJ and AJ show today, I guess is what you could call it. Oh, yeah. If you really want to. Uh, that's what usually happens in the morning when I join AJ. Uh, but AJ is uh, is uh, out of the studio, but he's actually able to help me today, which I greatly appreciate. A lot to get to. We got MLB playoff baseball late, late Lakers Heat tonight, which I guess in Florida will be late. Uh, game one of the NBA Finals is tonight. I want to get here from uh, AJ and hear his predictions, his thought, a preview, of what he thinks of what's going to look like in the finals uh, between these two teams, how long it goes so on and so forth. And then, of course, college football news. Uh, we have a Mount West Conference team who has now had to stop their activities for football because they had a positive test. How does that affect them? How does it affect the Mount West Conference? Uh, and will we, I mean, honestly, are we going to have a full-fledged season uh, in regards of just eight conference football games? That's what we're asking for is eight conference football games. And, uh, by the way, we're actually still waiting for a Mount West Conference schedule. I'm not sure when that's coming out. I thought it would be out by today, but... We are still waiting on that. So, a lot to get to, and of course, we'll get to our What Went Wrong Wednesday. In fact, AJ, I'll put you on the spot later on today, and you tell me, uh, um, I'll have you pick what you want to choose for what went wrong, in your opinion, on this Wednesday. You can pick a game, uh, a play, an opponent, whatever the situation is. Uh, I'll have you join me on that here in just a little bit. All right, uh, let's... Uh, oh, happy to. I'll... 
I also got a stat that blew your mind too. For oh, makeup. thank goodness, because uh, we need we do need to do that today. Uh, we also need to invite all our listeners to be a part of our show. If you want to text in four three five three three nine zero three two one, or if you want to call in four three five seven five two one zero six nine. This isn't my what went wrong Wednesday selection, but my gosh. Minnesota Twins have not won a postseason game since 2004. That continues today. They have now lost 18 straight postseason baseball games. 18 straight. AJ, is that the worst? Is this becoming the worst losing streak in professional sports history? This 18 straight postseason games in, in baseball. I mean, honorable mention for what went wrong. It's got to be, right? Because for, for so long, and granted, it's a weird season, but for so long, Minnesota looked like the, the class of the AL, especially with, you know, Houston was struggling and um, uh, the Yankees were, were banged up. And so they, they looked like they were in a position to be a really good team. And, you know, I, granted, nobody – I don't think anybody really wanted to see the Astros, and, and frankly, I'm sure most fans outside of Texas are really upset that they happen to win a series. I think most <laughs> still kind of bitter about the lack of punishment for their cheating scandal, but it's got to be. I mean, at this point, I don't even – It's it's got to be a – it's a cultural thing. And, you know, the, sports is full of those. As a Cubs fan, I know that. Boston experience. How about the, the – in the NFL, the Bengals streak for forever of not being able to do it – at this point, I don't even think it's about players in production. At some point, you need to hire—I don't know—a magic, you know, somebody that does voodoo or something to try and do something or hypnotize the players before the game because it just puts you puts pressure on the players. They know that streak. They know it's there, and it just makes every playoff game that much more intense for them. The Astros won Game One yesterday by a score of four to one. They win today's game three to one. Minnesota's bats have went completely quiet for a team that had the best home record this shortened regular season at 60 games. The Astros had the worst road record of these shortened 60 games. How about that? The uh, the Twins postseason blues have been just atrocious. And if when you listen to this, it's going to be usually because of one team. How about this, AJ? The Twins' losses have been three losses to the Yankees in the 0-4 series. Three losses to the A's in the uh, 06 ALDS, and then uh, three losses to the Yankees in back-to-back years in 09 and 2010 in the ALDS. A loss to the Yankees in the 17 Wild Guard game. Three losses to the Yankees in the ALDS last year, and then two losses. To, so the baseball gods were like, you know what? We'll skip the Yankees. We'll give the Astros. They can't cheat with the pitches. Here you go. Here's a gimme. Well, now they have two Astro losses to add to that 2020 Wild Card round. Onto their losing streak. This is ridiculous. They've led in 11 of the last 18 losses, but they've been outscored, AJ, 107 to 48 overall, including 44 to 14 from the seventh inning on. They scored three runs in the top of the ninth in game one and uh, scored the go ahead run in game two in the seventh inning. The Twins haven't scored more than four runs in, the, in any of their past 15 losses. Like, I thought this Twins offense was balanced, but. Maybe the Astros' defense and pitching was just that much better, and we didn't know it. Well, the thing that's crazy about that is, you know, the the benefit of the series format for postseason play that you see in you know baseball and, and basketball is that the argument is over a stretch of of a series, the best team should win. 
Though, granted, I think you've seen, you know, in baseball, if a pitching gets hot, in hockey, if a, if a goaltender gets hot, you've seen crazy things happen. I mean, the LA Kings, what, I think first Stanley Cup, they were the eighth seed and they won the Stanley Cup because Jonathan Quick was the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. But the other thing is, in baseball, you would think you've got multiple games. You can't get one in, like, 15 years. You can't get a game. Yeah, that's amazing to me. And again, it's unfortunate that it comes at the hands of the Astros, like you mentioned. Uh, the Major League fandom of the world, unless you live in Houston or you're Tyler Knowles, uh, one of my good friends who's a diehard, <laughs> loyal, and, and credit to him, God bless his soul, he's a loyal Astros fan, but it's it's there's very, very few and far between. And the fact that they beat the Twins, just, I mean, it makes Minnesota hate Houston that much more. But it just it's a grievance for all non Astro Houston fans and the Houston Astros now move on. Again, three to one to final score. They take the two games that they only needed to uh, beat the Minnesota Twins. What a sad ending for a baseball team that had so much uh they just I mean they had to come back to win the AL Central and then they have the best home record in the league. They get the two home games and it doesn't even matter. And that's another question I have for you, AJ does does home field advantage even matter at this point in the playoffs? I mean, I'm going to say I think there's something about sports, the importance of routine. So in that aspect, maybe being home and being in familiar surroundings a little bit. But uh, no, I mean, the, that's the benefit, obviously, that, that Houston has had. Minnesota's been in the playoffs, but how much experience can you really say that they've had if they can't win a game? Houston obviously won a World Series. They were there last year. And so I think there's something that, to be said about the the uh, uh, experience of, of the difference. Because we both acknowledge, right, the postseason's completely different, and Houston has been there, so they know what to expect. Minnesota's not foreign to it, but Minnesota doesn't know how to win a game. Yeah, no, you, you put a head on the nail there. Let's go to our uh, the earliest game of the day. Ended up lasting the longest of the day as well. And it came uh, it came in very, how would you say it, uh, scoreless style. One and two on Freddie Freeman. A base hit wins it. Pache a lead at third. And the pitch on the way. Swung on, driven out to center field. And the Braves take game one. And Freddie Freeman breaks hearts in Cincinnati and scores Pache. And in 13. It's the longest scoreless duel in postseason history, and it goes into the favor of the Atlanta Braves, who defeat the Cincinnati Reds 1-0 in Game 1 of their NL Wild Card Series. In fact, for the Braves, it's their first postseason win since 2001 in the NL Division Series, and they can have a chance to wrap up this best-of-three series tomorrow afternoon. If they do it, it will snap a record-tying streak of 10 straight playoff round losses for a team that clinched 14 straight division titles from 1995 to 2000, I'm going to say eight, uh, and they finally could get their per, uh, first first postseason series, which would just be incredible. Uh, it tells you how bad they are when it comes to the playoffs, like the Twins, but yet the, this, at least for AJ, on this side of the ball, at least on the Braves' side, they have a chance to be able to take care of business. Yeah, I mean, I think they've been – the Braves have definitely been one of the better teams in NL. I think their problem has obviously been uh, – they've just – their starting pitching has is, is been devastating despite, I think, having one of the better farm systems for developing pitching. And obviously with that, that record for the scoreless duel today, you saw it on display. 
Uh, I think the other thing is the, the guy that hit the walk-off, for some reason, is just still, to me, Freddie Freeman is still so vastly underrated. Amen. And if he doesn't win NL MVP, I'm going to probably break my TV screen and a bunch of computers. And I'm not kidding either. Uh, that's that's yeah, that's fair. No, I think uh, it's uh, you know it's funny, and I'm sure we'll get to this a little bit uh, later. And spoiler alert for something, but it's like I feel like it's like the Russell Wilson thing in the NFL. How is he? You know, never won, not even received an MVP vote. It's that's it's crazy. I think Freddie Freeman is one of the most underrated players still in. Uh, baseball, and maybe it's just something because he doesn't play. The Braves historically, I think, have some historical relevance, relevance, excuse me, to their franchise. But you know, they're not the Yankees, the so- the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Dodgers, and I, maybe that's just part of it. This game started at 10 a.m. and it ended at 10 th- or excuse me, 2:30, at least Mountain Time, and that despite that the teams combined for a postseason record of 37 strikeouts. Atlanta's Max Fried and uh, Cincinnati's Trevor Bauer. Two young Cy Young contenders were really, really good today. Uh, Braves had 21 of those strikeouts, but in the 13th, Archie Bradley for the Reds gave up a couple of hits. In came Amir Garrett. He gave up the single to Freddie Freeman to uh, center field, and then that drove in the Braves' winning run. Uh, but again, it was just escaping a lot of jams. The uh, The Braves had a bases loaded. Cincinnati got out of it. And then in the 12th, Cincinnati had two on on first and third with no out. And the first two guys strike out. The next guy ends up uh, striking out as well. He's the, the side strikes out. We go to the 13th, and that's when the Braves take care of business. Clutch, clutch pitching on both sides here, AJ, for this ball game. Yeah, I think the Reds, not to the same level of the Astros, but the Reds have been one of those teams the last, I think, two off seasons that have been one of the off season winners, and it didn't really pan out for them during the regular season, and they were able to take advantage, I think, of the expanded playoffs. There's a lot of talent on that team, but – uh, you know, it, you know, two opposite stories that started off. You you mentioned the Brave streak of, of their lack of postseason success, and frankly, they're I think they're one of uh, baseball's, if not all of sports, what ifs, because they had one of the most dominant rotations in the '90s and were still only able to get one World Series out of it. I think despite going to four, so you know, just the difference there. The I think mental relief to to just get the win, and you know how big it is, and you're only playing a best of three, winning that first one. I'd imagine the percentages are somewhere over 50% or so if you win the first game. Uh, right now over in Oakland, how about this one? This is a dandy right now. Oakland had a 5 nothing lead into the fifth inning, and then here came the White Sox. They are now down 5-3 at bat with the bases loaded and two out right now in the top of the ninth. So they have a chance to do some more damage and tie up that game. In fact, a walk has just been granted to uh, Grandall from uh, Jacob Diekman. And, uh, boy... Uh, Chicago White Sox not making it easy on the Oakland A's. A White Sox win would end up uh, uh, taking care of this series and send Oakland home, which would be monstrous. We're getting 5-3 in the top of the ninth. Bases loaded. Now two out. Excuse me, now three out. Uh, looks like as this game has just been wrapped up, I believe so. Oakland A's have survived the White Sox and have won by a final score of 5-3. to three. Um, And we'll have a uh, winner-take-all game, I believe, on... Third, we'll see, what's we'll Wednesday, Friday, they'll have a winner-take-all game. So, uh, again, White Sox uh, fall to the Athletics today. Cardinals right now all over the Padres, 6-2. to two. Surprising right here, uh, this Padres offense, AJ, has been so good all regular season long. I know it's only 60 games, but they were good through it all. Cardinals right now just taking the bats to the Padres. They lead at 6-2 in the bottom of three. 
Yeah, this was a bit of a shocker, though. The Padres, I think, uh, come in a little bit handicapped. Uh, Bieber didn't, or not Bieber, uh, Clevenger didn't make the, the postseason. Yeah, or how about the that? Wild card roster. Uh, Lamette has issues. That's two of their better pitchers. And then Paddock pitched today, and he's, he's one of their aces, and he got hammered. But, you know, as someone who's a Cubs fan, and you talk about the experience, I know that St. Louis necessarily hasn't had it recently, but that is a franchise, I could say honestly, even as a Cubs fan, one of the most well-respected franchises, I think, in all of sports. To me, I would compare them almost to the San Antonio Spurs. They haven't necessarily had as much success. They have won some World Series, but they're just one of those professional franchises that I, no one wants to see in the postseason because they just they have that history of being able to figure it out. And here, uh, just again, with the way that the playoffs are ran this year, um, with these best-of-three series that are short and no fans at all, I feel like it's anybody's um, it's pretty much anybody's game. Like there is no home field advantage. We talked about that for a little bit as well. But uh, I mean, what the White Sox did yesterday, what the Astros have done in these two games, what the Cardinals are doing right now—it's just like no fear. Like there's nobody to play in front of. There's no pressure on the other side because there's no fans to squawk at us. Uh, it, it's just incredible. And by the way, the Rays right now all over the Blue Jays. They look like they will be taking care of this uh, three-game series. They lead the Blue Jays right now 8-2, to two, and we're still in the bottom of the six right now, and Rays have a man on uh, looking to attack on more. Boy, this Tampa Bay Rays team, I know people want to talk about the Yankees. They want to talk about the Astros for some reason, even the Twins, but I think this Rays team is very underrated, um, and I, I honestly, I see them in the ALCS. It's hard to argue. That's that that team. I mean, they just they just patch it together with gum and paper clips, don't they? I mean, everyone <laughs> talking about the Yankees. They had a lot of injuries, I know, but obviously the, the payroll difference is just astronomical when you talk about Tampa compared to New York. And another one of those franchises, I think that uh, even when they lost their uh, general manager, who's now the president in the for the Dodgers, you know, it's just another one of those franchises that. Honestly, it's almost a travesty. I think you would feel like with the success they have, if they could go somewhere where they could get support and ownership would actually let them spend money, how much more success would they actually have? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Again, there they don't have the biggest uh, the spending market in the division. In fact, they're pretty low in the totem pole in the AL as a whole. But like you said, it's it's duct tape, it's gum, and it's a little bit of spit. And then there you are. You got something posted yeah. with the AL's best record. Uh, this team, I think, is going to be dangerous. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't think I didn't ever consider the Blue Jays that tough of a matchup. But when they get further into this, in fact, who would the? I got to find out how this is going to look in regards of who plays who after, because that's the other question I had is who would have who would face each other after that? But I don't even know. Do you know how it works? I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I God, I can't even find it. Sorry, a little bit of production on the uh, fly. The here. winner of Tampa Bay and the Blue Jays will play. Oh, the there we winner go. Of uh, the Yankees and Indians. Oh, I'd like to see that Yankees and Rays. I'm all in for that. That'd be a good one. Yeah, I think so too. Yankees, I uh, think got a uh, healthy. I know the hammered Bieber uh, was it last night, which is yeah. a surprise because it's hard to. It's not possible cheering for Cleveland because Yankees one of those teams. I think if you're not a Yankees fan, you kind of you just hate. But <laughs> uh, you know, how, it's hard to uh, cheer for the Indians when they were in a position to make the postseason in this shortened season. They're like, you know what? Let's take one of our best pitchers and trade him for nothing. 
Hey, by the way, speaking of Yankees and Indians, last night's final score, 12-3. Yankees absolutely blast Cleveland. As you said, they ripped apart Shane Bieber. Game two tonight, 5 o'clock on ESPN. But uh, even Garrett Cole uh, was uh, was really good for the Yankees. Um, but, I mean, Garrett was – he settled down. He struck out 13 in seven innings. By the way, that's an MLB record with his third postseason game with at least a dozen strikeouts. Yummy. Uh, that's what you ha- what happens when you pay that guy $324 million in the past winter. Yummy. No joke. Uh, and hey, by- on the subject of baseball, what do you think about these uh, extended playoffs? Like we've seen – Sort of an extension with that nine eight seed in the NBA. Hockey obviously extended the added more teams. Baseball is football's kicking in the the seven. Not so much a pandemic edition. They're going with the seven team. You like it or you think it waters down the postseason too much? That's a wonderful question, AJ. I'm going to say that I like it because it gives more teams that we haven't seen in the postseason in a while. Right? Uh, Padres are in it. You see the White Sox coming alive right now versus in a competitive series with the A's. Uh, you know, we got to see the Twins in it, even though we got to see the Twins leave it. Uh, but I, I've actually enjoyed seeing the extension of the postseason. Don't go any further than this, though. I think you keep it at this many teams. You play it out. I, I've I've been a fan of it. And if I can ask you, AJ, are you a fan of these uh, these new rules, the universal DH? Uh, I know they aren't doing it in the postseason, but in extra innings, a man on second base to start. Are you a fan of these new rules? Uh, I like the DH. I think the the holding on to uh, the tradition for baseball is one of the things that harms it. I mean, there was such a big blow up when uh, Tatis hit that three uh, zero grand slam earlier. The Rangers threw oh, a fit. Yeah. Twitter exploded with all these old school guys saying that's not the rules of the game. And to me, that that that's just one of the problems with baseball. They hold on to this tradition while they're trying to modernize to keep up with the basketballs and and, and the NFL. And it's just it, it's dumb. I mean, look, can I respect the strategy that goes behind the double switch and all that? Yes. But if you want if you want fans, I mean, we we got the thirty for thirty this year. What draws fans to baseball? Home runs. So the DH, I'm all for. I think it's well overdue. The man on second in the pose in the uh, extra innings, not a fan. I think it's it's completely to me that completely changes the complex uh, complexities of the game because. You know, even hockey, like in uh, regular season, when they go to overtime, they do three on three. But in the postseason, they go to five on five. And it's like, that's the game. I know that you're in extras, so it means the teams have been evenly matched. But just let them sort it out. That's why you're going extras. No, that's a great point. And, I, again, I think the purest in baseball, you're right, would say we don't need a game on second base. Win it the hard way. I do like the universal DH role a lot. I, In fact, I love it. Uh, you see run you see run scoring go up a little bit more. Uh, it's a little bit more challenging for pitchers, and then they don't have to worry. In fact, they stay fresh. They don't have to worry about having to go out and hit and base run. They can actually stay in the dugout, uh, protect the pitcher. The pitcher is the quarterback of the baseball team, if you will. Uh, protect the pitcher, I yeah. think, in the league, and because uh, that's what really what matters. Uh, they want to see good pitching. They want to see good hitting. If you're going to do that, take care of your pitchers in the, in the Major League Baseball, and I think that's what they're doing. I like it. I agree because most teams, I mean, that pitcher's a hole in the lineup. Who wants to watch? Who wants to watch a player that's going to go up and hit 100 for the season? Just put a DH in. It just it's 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 better. It, it's overdue and it needs to stick. Hey, can I ask you, AJ? Who would have a more? Or excuse me, let me re-ask this question. Who would you be more disappointed in losing in this first uh, best of three series? A's or uh, Twins? And why? 
Man, that's tough because you know when the with the history. I get you could you could go both ways. I think on the Twins' history, oh, they did it again. But you'd think at some point to 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 get just one game, though. Again, I don't think anybody really wanted to see Houston in the postseason. Uh, you know, I, I'm honestly going to lean. I think with the A's, they've been I think one of the best teams in the AL the whole season. I know they lost uh, was it Chapman, their third baseman, for mm-hmm. an offense that was pretty potent. But you know. I respect the way the A's do it. They do it the same way Tampa does, which is unfortunate. It's a travesty for how both those franchises are able to develop talent. If they could spend a little bit more money, I think their stories would be different. But, I mean, to be honest, uh, after watching Moneyball, uh, I feel like I had a lot more respect for what Billy Bean does. And, you know, they the A's have just such a history of being competitive teams that always fall short. I'm going to say Oakland. I would be more disappointed, even though they're going up against the darling White Sox team that a lot of people like and were surprised to see get in the postseason. I, I want to see them do it. I think too many times they've had uh, shortfalls, not that the Twins haven't, but they've had, I think, been in positions where they looked more like a favorite and have, have had history and production on their side and just can't can't break through. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think just the fact that the Twins have been given so many opportunities to be able to get through to the ALCS and continually have just let them slip away. They were given home field advantage in a, in a couple of these series versus the Yankees. Uh, turned that away because of bad fielding or bad hitting. Uh, I believe the 0-4-1 was just honestly dominance by the Yankees. I think the Yankees were the much better baseball team. Of course, yeah. they were led by Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. They had uh, they had Andy Pettit. Uh, the roster was loaded, None, I mean, just to say that. But after that, in 06, I don't understand why. Jeter wasn't 100% healthy. No way they should lose that series. 09, Twins were the better team. Found a way to lose that series, too. It's just one thing after the other. And, again, for the Twins, it's the longest. Their 18-game consecutive losing streak in postseason is the longest in U.S. sports history, or U.S. sports currently as of now. And it's the longest since uh, the Boston Red Sox had their losing streak, which, by the way, it started on Bill Buckner's ground ball. So oh, geez. keep that in mind as well. Uh, let's take a break. Yeah, on, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to throw in while we're talking about expanded playoffs. One thing I wish that the NBA would adopt. One thing I really like about baseball is so they expanded it. And if your argument is they watered it down, I like the best of three. I would really like to see the NBA and they won't because of money. That first round does not need to be a best of seven series. Mm. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I remember the best of five. Was it best of three or best of five back in the early 90s, man? It's best of five, wasn't it? It was it was best of five. See, that was fun. Like, I mean, because it didn't take a lot out of you. It, in fact, I think it, who was it? I want to say it was Tracy McGrady. Even though he had never got out of the first round at this point, <laughs> he, uh, he came out and said, man, if I ever got into the second round, I'd hate to be that team that had to go win in seven games. He was talking about the Utah Jazz, who had just eliminated his Houston Rockets in 07 in seven games. And McGrady was upset, but he also said, man, I'd hate to be that team that has to go into the second round after playing seven full games. And he's not wrong. Like yeah, The I, best of five series, just, it, it's more fresh. I agree. I, I mean, I know that you can get some exciting series, but I just – it just to me doesn't doesn't it doesn't need to be that way. It just makes the postseason that much longer, and more often than not, especially in recent history. And Ajay, I know how much of a historian you are with basketball, so you can back this up. I think more than I can. Very rarely do you get even an upset in the the first round of that best of seven that's going to carry through. Just make it five, and then get to the better matchups later. 
No, you bring up a great point. That, that, that's actually a great point you bring up. All right, uh, let's go to break. Let's come back, and let's do the stat and player, shall we, AJ? Uh, we're going to do our let's stat do that blew our mind and our player of the week from this past week of sports. Uh, a lot of great options to choose from, from college football to NFL to baseball and uh, even high school football. So uh, who will be our player of the week? What will be the stat that blew our mind? It's all coming up next on the Full Court Press, the AJ and AJ Show. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. The Full Court Press, uh, AJ Salveson here along with AJ Knight joining me from afar. Grateful to have uh, AJ Knight. Eric is absent today. I... I'd say he'd be back tomorrow, but I really have no freaking clue. So, uh, pray. <laughs> I have no idea. And if not, I'll have AJ on again tomorrow. That's fine by me. No, no big deal. No, uh, no happy to fill it. Get off my bones. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the uh, one of my favorite segments of uh, of what our show is all about. Uh, we get to our uh, the what is it called? The player of the week, and then of course the stat that blew our mind. Let's take a look at the numbers. It's the stat that blew our minds. He did what? On the full court press. Wow, that blew my mind. All right, AJ. So the stat that blew my mind. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and just stick with this. I, uh, I said this last week, I think, and I don't know if you heard about this or not, but I talked about since 1984. Okay. Every NBA Finals that has been completed, AJ, since 1984, at least one player from at least one of those NBA Final competing teams has played with Shaquille O'Neal at some point in their career. Since 1984, I'm going to repeat it for you, at least one player from at least one of those two NBA Final competing teams has played with Shaquille O'Neal at some point in their career and that trend continues now as both the Heat and the Lakers have had a player play with Shaq. That's crazy. Good call. That blows my mind. I would have Wow. Like when you say all right, so LeBron LeBron had Shaq in Cleveland, but man, every year since eighty four that every, is dude, bonkers. Every year since eighty four, man, is that nuts? Or not you put is it eighty four you mean so since dry or ninety four when he got in the league? No, 84. Since 19... So, so like, in 84, I, I don't know how it works, but, yeah, since 84, if I if I read the stat correctly, or at least heard it, and it's credit to ESPN Radio, so blame them if it's wrong, but I don't think it is. 84, when basketball NBA Finals started and have been completed, someone has played with Shaquille O'Neal in their career since 1984. That's nuts. Is that, that absolutely is bonkers? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's because he was in the league. What was he? he yeah, you're he right. Because he didn't get into the 90s? league until what? 93, 92. Oh, now I gotta look something it up, like dude. that. Because th- uh, that's that's what insane year to me. Was Shaq? I want to say it was 92 when he was drafted. Answer is 92. So eight years before he even hit the NBA, somebody had been his teammate in college. Well, or somebody would be his teammate in college, or had been oh, his teammate okay, in college. Yeah. So backtracking. Yeah. So like, so wow. players in '84 were later on in their career played with Shaquille O'Neal at some point. They're in the NBA Finals. That's 
That is an insane stat. <laughs> I mean, he, he gets some help, obviously, that he, you know, obviously he had these years with the Magic and Lakers, and then he, he bounced around with the Phoenix and Heat and the Boston and Cleveland, so that, that bounced out a little bit more. Man, that is insane. I mean, it helps that LeBron's been to 10 finals, so that knocks out a big chunk of <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, give me the stat that blew your mind, AJ. So this one is well-documented, so you probably already know it, but I actually have a write-up that I'll have on the fan here uh, later this evening. Oh, sweet. Did you know Russell Wilson, who's all pro, right? Great, great quarterback. He's got a Super Bowl. He's been to a second. The, the, since he's been drafted, the Seahawks have only missed one postseason since he's been in Seattle. Has never received an MVP vote. Not a vote. What? Can read that to me Not one more time. Not a single vote. So, uh, so Russell Wilson, he's drafted in 2012. Yeah. Seahawks have made the postseason every year but once since he was drafted. Yeah. He's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's gone to a second one. Uh-huh. He has never received an MVP vote. That's disgusting. That is horrible. It, yeah, and uh, not to give it away, but the uh, the article I wrote, again, will be up on the, the fans' Facebook page later this evening. Uh, to me, the race is over because he's having the impact on the Seahawks now that I think you could compare to uh, Andrew Luck when he came in with the Colts because that, you know, Pete Carroll's a defensive coach. Their defense is terrible. It gives up 500 yards a game, uh, over 50% third down completion. They're plus four in the turnover margin, but that's only because Russell Wilson has one interception on the season. He's he's had this historic start with uh, first quarterback with at least four touchdown passes first three games. To me, if the, he's it's over. He's going to win because the Seattle team is a terrible. I think if you put an average quarterback on their team, they're they're fighting for the number one overall pick. He has not received a single MVP vote. That's nuts. Because Patrick Mahomes doesn't need to be on the Kansas City Chiefs for the Chiefs to be good. Now, no, I think Alex Smith proved that. Lamar Jackson being on the Ravens absolutely helps that offense. Yes. Uh, but I would have Russell Wilson. Hey, where would you – I know this is, sounds stupid right now the way, and this tells you how early we are into the football season. But, dude, Josh Allen, the former kid at Wyoming, is doing some pretty good things right now in Buffalo. He's lighting it up. I mean, that is a testament, I think, to the coaching staff in uh, Buffalo, but also his work ethic. I think it's only three games, but I think his completion percentage has jumped like 15 points from last year to this wow. year. So I think he was in the upper 50s, and I think right now he's in the low 70s. Low 70s? I think so. I think he's like just a, just a tick over 70, and last year I think he was about 56%. Hey, how's your fantasy team doing? Uh, good. I'm uh, two and one in both of my leagues. I, oh, yeah. I made a joke the other day, actually, that uh, I, I I guess we didn't do one this year. But if we did, uh, I didn't get invited, and it's, I think it's because I joined one the first year and I won the whole thing. So I've had that happen before. <laughs> that how it goes. Work league back in the day, I joined. Yeah, I had another work league I joined back in the day that I went. Uh, I only had one loss on the way to the championship, and I played about two more seasons. Nobody wanted to trade with me, and then they booted it because they downsized the league two teams. They booted <laughs> me. Uh, what, uh, what, so I, I hate fantasy football for a lot of reasons. In week one, I had a 52 point lead going into the final game of the night and I lost by three. Uh, and then this past week. Who doomed you? Oh, uh, who the fetch was it? I can't remember who it was. I don't remember who it was. I don't even want to think about Oh, Punami. Punami, I think it was. Who's Punami on my fantasy league? 
Are you on that fantasy league with me, Newbold, and Eric? No, I'm not. Oh, son of a biscuit. Uh, but oh, but I guess anyway. Yeah, sorry, the, you're talking about like the real fantasy team. So it was Julian Edelman and Russell Wilson, right? And I had a 99% oh, chance of winning yeah. at the start of the game. I had a 94% chance at halftime, and then the second half, Russell went off. Julian Edelman went off, and I lost by three. That oh, sympathy. That that's it. You you uh, are in the same class as people who've had to play against Alvin Kamara the last two weeks. Oh, dude. Uh, my brother. My brother was up uh, 40, 40 points uh, two weeks ago and got got crushed by Kamara against uh, the Raiders. And then uh, this past week, uh, my uh, sister-in-law has him in our Dynasty League and I think overcame, um, I want to say, about a 50-point deficit because he scored like 48 points in his game. It just If you're playing against Kamara last two weeks, you have my sympathy because no lead was safe. Yeah, it sucks, dude. And then last week, I uh, ended up butchering it with, uh, I mean, I had the same starting lineup practically, and then one kid ended up being questionable about five minutes before game time and ended up being out. And so I had one guy out, and I got crushed last week. I'm just, dude, I'm sick of fantasy football. I just, I want to quit. Hey, uh, 2776 texted in. In fact, he texted in a couple times. He said, hey, if I missed AJ's bad take Wednesday, actually, no, because there's no such thing as a bad take Wednesday. What it is is a what went wrong Wednesday, and AJ and I will get into that in just a bit. But a uh, 2776 wants to ask you, AJ, what year should Russell Wilson have earned uh, an MVP? Both Super Bowl years were led by the Legion of Boom, not by Russell Wilson. Oh, I agree. I'm not saying he necessarily should have won one. I, to me, I think anyone should agree. He should have gotten a vote. I mean, especially the last couple seasons. You look at the defensive stats – say the last five, basically since they retooled the team after they lost the Patriots in the Super Bowl, the Pete Carroll and uh, GM John Snyder shouldn't shouldn't have jobs. They have jobs because Russell Wilson's a Hall of Famer. I don't know that uh, he necessarily, like the last two years, it, it was Mahomes and, and Jackson. No argument here, but you're telling me Russell Wilson didn't deserve a vote? A single vote? No, he deserved at least a vote. He needed to be on the ballot. Yeah, I'm with you. He needed to be on the ballot. Absolutely. In fact, who won the MVP those two years? Uh, I'll have to look that up. I don't even know. Uh, NFL. See, we're doing this all on the fly. Uh, let's see here. All right. So in 2014, it was Aaron Rodgers. 15 was Cam Newton. 16, Matt Ryan. 17, Tom Brady. Uh, 18, Mahomes. And 19, Lamar Jackson. That sucks. Dude, that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, looking at uh, how does he not even Russell get a Wilson's, vote though? At least I didn't even know that. That's what I'm saying. Looking at Russell Wilson's uh, stats, he had 31 touchdowns last year to only five interceptions. 35 touchdowns in 2018 to seven interceptions. 34 touchdowns 2017 to 11 interceptions. He he's he's been he should have been in the MVP conversation. And to me, and a little bit of the argument. This year, especially, in, or the last couple of years, is maybe his stats, maybe, you know, Mahomes throwing 50 touchdowns. Uh, Wilson hasn't done that. It's just the quality of team that's around him. It's one of those arguments. The reason, like, why everyone says LeBron James should win uh, most years is because of how much he elevates bad teams. 
And it's a little bit of that argument. And I guess it def- depends on how you de- define the award. Is it is it just the person who had the most insane stats or the person that is actually the most valuable player? But to me, it's it's it doesn't matter. The, the, it it's over. Russell Wilson is winning it this year. Two seven seven six texted in again. He says, "I would have voted for him, but I sent my ballot in late, and now I don't get a vote." <laughs> 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 well, there was there was the vote to break my. Stat You're to blow the your problem. Mind. Two seven seven six. Come on, <laughs> gosh dang. Because the argument, so the the you know, uh, Mahomes is going to put up the stats. Jackson's going to put up the stats. Rogers is off to a great year, no denying that. But here's the thing: so the stat that comes up with Aaron Rodgers all the time is that he's only thrown two touchdowns to a first round pick, and it's Mercedes Lewis who they've had way past you know his prime. But the thing is, if you look at the rosters, I know. Th- don't get me wrong, Green Bay has deserved plenty of criticism for the way that they don't help Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. But tell me this, Devontae Adams the best receiver between the Packers and uh, the Seahawks? Yes. Yes. Aaron Jones the best running back between the Packers and the Seahawks? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Whose offensive line do you want, Green Bay's or Seattle's? All Green Bay's. It's see, it's just it's he, he Rodgers deserves way more support from his front office, but he has some help. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. DK Metcalf is a man. He is a he is a man. He is a, nothing but muscle, and they gave him that. But I, I think there's a credit to receivers don't generally play well early on in the season, and I think that's just as much Russell Wilson's influence on Metcalf and Lockett. By the way, the clarification on the uh, I got my ballot in late uh, was from 2776. That's what Chris Collinsworth said on Sunday Night Football. Dude, I love well, Chris, by the way, too. Doofus. He is kind of a doofus. So I love Chris, man. I'm a huge fan of him. I mean, honestly. In fact, hey, what do you, go ahead. I was just say, what do you think of the new Monday night lineup? Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Yeah. I I mean I don't know why I know Joe that- I don't know why Joe T had to go, man. I mean I, I, I like Booger McFarland's horrible. I get it. I, in fact, I actually Agreed. loved Mike Tarico. I thought Mike Tarico was incredible. Yeah, no argument. I think he he does good play by play. Obviously, they tried to court um, Tony Romo, who wanted to stay with CBS, and you know he would have been a great addition because the, the the way that and it, the way that he predicts plays to me is just so entertaining, and he, oh, yeah. he's always had a great personality. I can tell you though, for the first Monday Night Doubleheader, more often than not, I kind of can't stand Kirk Herbstreit's college takes. But I thought the college football team was pretty good on the Dude, first Monday night Chris game. Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit absolutely killed it. Yeah. Absolutely I killed great. it. I thought they were wonderful. I miss so yeah, I miss the old group in like I think it was in 06, 06, 07, 08, 09, 10, and I think eleven. But Mike Tarico, Jaws, and John Gruden, all three of them in the booth, were phenomenal. Absolutely so good. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't hate them. Gruden's. Uh, he loves everybody. Take wears on you after a while because he he seemed to not want to criticize anyone. But I would take them over the last few lineups we've yeah, had. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, have we done, we haven't done our player of the game yet or player of the week yet, have we? Yes. No, we have not. Okay, so let's get that. I'm gonna go ahead and give mine. It's uh, KJ Costello of Mississippi State. Forty ah, four thirty four. Really? Nice. Yeah, yeah forty four thirty four winners over number six LSU. Uh, for me, AJ, it was just the fact that it's sixty passes against LSU, and he gets five touchdowns out of that. I just thought it was so impressive. He was on target. He was really good. He was calm, cool, and composed. 
against a good again against a really good LSU squad, and he ends up with 623 yards. I was amazed by him. No, I, I, uh, I'm with you. That's who I had initially as well. I mean, I saw a tweet after that game Saturday. It said Mike Leach is the best bad job coach. Oh boy, He's, was it? Uh, he was at Texas Tech, Washington State, and now Mississippi State. And so he takes those programs that are really unheralded, and he, he, he'll make them interesting. I mean, Washington State was was in competition for the Pac-12, and, and Texas Tech was super interesting. I mean, especially that they had that Michael Crabtree year. But, yeah, I mean, let's put the caveat. I don't want to take anything away from Leach and Costello, but LSU got a courtesy ranking. They are not the sixth-best team in the country. It's kind of funny when you lose your best quarterback, what happens to you? Well, they they tied the record for most players drafted in a draft. It's like 13 or 15. Like It's basically a brand-new team on top of the fact that their two best returning players, uh, Chase, is opted out, and then their best cornerback, Stingley, was in the hospital. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> poor LSU uh that's uh that's not your loss they dropped what 14 spots I believe in the rankings um so yeah. they, they they took a beating from the AP as well uh so yeah that's our uh, I guess we have the same player player of the week which uh I don't know how you say no to that I'll, uh, no I agree I'll nominate uh another SEC player uh, I think obviously Costello did it against better competition, though he did have the two picks. How about Kyle Trask from Florida? Awesome, four hundred sixteen yards, six touchdowns, and a crushing defeat of Ole Miss. Yeah, and that was a game everyone expected an Ole Miss upset too. Everyone thought that Florida was going to fall flat on that one. Yeah, I, I think there was definitely some murmur, especially you know what Lane Kiffin can do as a as a as a coach in the college ranks. Granted, that you know he's taken over kind of a bad Ole Miss, and they were competitive. They they put up thirty five points of their own, but uh, there's already murmurs Trask could have a kind of a burrow like season. He was someone that last year no one would consider drafting, and if he does something like this, all of a sudden he's going to be someone interesting when it comes to the draft next year. Amen. Hey, let's take a break. Coming back, we're going to wrap up the first hour, clean it up, put a bow on it. Send it away, and then we'll get ready for the second hour where we'll have our What Went Wrong Wednesday Pick of the Week. We want you all to join in. What went wrong for a team, a player, a game in the past week of sports, or at least the past five days of sports over the weekend? Texas in at 435-339-0321. What went wrong in your mind for, uh, again, a player, a game, a team, what went wrong? And AJ and I will have our uh, picks as well in the 5 o'clock hour. We'll get to the Heat-Lakers finals preview uh, and much, much more here on the Full Court Press.